seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogue it world. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogue it world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Hopeless Show with Aaron and Rohit. I'm Aaron. That's me. That's Rohit. And today we have a theme that rhymes with last week's theme, and that's the whole reason that we chose this theme. Last week it was existential, and this week it's quintessential. So everything we're going to say why it's quintessential. Rohit, do you know what quintessential means? I f- Quintessential means this is something that's important that that's that's tied that 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 should go hand in hand with exactly uh, the topic at hand. So it's why why are these topics very important? That's what we're gonna tie it all into today, which which is different than existential, but it rhymes. So we're we're creative, and that's why we do things like that. Rhyming mm. topics. <laughs> <laughs> and so should we jump into some news from the quarantine? News from the quarantine. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it was an interesting, interesting week. Why don't you kick it off? It was an interesting week. So, the news from the quarantine. Well, the first thing I know you wanted me to talk a little about this. So, I went to uh, the Emmys. The there was like a the, the the Emmys, and then there was next to it like the Emmys, another party for the people who weren't like nominated and stuff. Just another. Um, another television academy party next to the Emmys. So I went to that one. I was invited and which was very cool, very honored to be able to go to something like that. And what I found interesting about it besides all the shenanigans that happened that night is that there was a lot of controversy around the vaccination stuff and the mask stuff and the Emmys did this thing where they had like the tables six feet apart, but they were in a tent. Although our, our event was actually outside for the most part. And I think that in this way, and Seth Rogen then kind of called it out saying, this is like a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought it was ridiculous in a little bit of a different way. And I think this is where Hollywood liberaling goes too far. It's like, just say that we checked, everyone uh, is vaxxed and they checked your ID. They checked the code on your phone that says like <laughs> your government official. So it's not a fake ID. Like they were very thorough with these COVID checkers. And then just it, go with science and say, Everyone is going to be safe. You know, there's always an outlier chance that someone gets it or something. But the percent of that person getting super sick is like one in a lot. It's like almost more. There's more of a chance that someone like trips and falls walking up to get their Emmy. So just admit that and say that's what it is instead of this little holier than thou. Oh, it's six feet apart and all this stuff. But it wasn't. People were hanging out and mingling with each other. and, And that's where I think. There's a holier-than-thou thing that then just goes too far in the direction where it's like, just say what it is. Don't try to put a facade that it's something it's not. 
Yeah. And what is interesting, and Aaron, I think you make a really good point. What, what I love the commentary was um, uh, there's some tweets and like some images with both this and the Met Gala. It's like because everybody had to be vaccinated to get in. But then everybody's taking they're showing pictures like, oh, look, all the servants still have to wear masks. So it's like if if you yeah. make a certain amount of money, then you don't have to wear a mask to this, even though you went through the same exact process. So like the servers, the table cleaners, like, oh, make sure those people make sure those gross ones they, are masked. Yeah. Which which is just like the bar, the bartender at the open bar, which was very open. Let me tell you. An incredibly open bar. And if, if anyone saw a couple of my Instagram stories, I apologize. <laughs> but uh, you made use of the bar. I did. I did. I they, they say open. I, I do it. And so yeah. but those people were wearing masks. It's like they are vaxxed too. everyone had to be vaccinated to be at this. Like it's just there is a lot of double standards always on on both sides we talk about it a lot that's mm-hmm. why we're about the logic party and logic says this was a bit ridiculous all of, and do you agree with what i'm saying here that it was just, it's like a little much like don't yeah. pretend you're something you're not yeah it felt performative as i mean i guess we were giving out awards for performances so yeah so it it felt that way because it was and and then I had one other thing. See, I, I went to this thing and now I'm bitching about the whole thing. Is but that's why it's called the hopeless show. I'm finding the negative in things that are that are mostly positive. <laughs> is everyone I talked to and all the people and some of the people who were nominated and stuff, everyone loves every show. You can't like be at it and say like I didn't like a show. Like I was not gonna say in this audience, even though this is going to be for next year, that I didn't like White Lotus or the uh, another one that was nominated, The Undoing. I was not going to say that to everyone because everyone I talked to, either they were a part of that show, so that would be bad, or they just loved everything. Like they, Especially there were like some managers and stuff I was talking to who were, they love everything. Like I bring up a show, I love that show. You bring up an actor, he's my favorite actor. Then you bring up another actor, he's my favorite actor. How many favorites can you have? It just... There was just so much, I, I guess I kind of forgot just how fake Hollywood can be. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Honestly, though, Aaron, I'm going to give you some hope because in a year from now, at the rate that we're going, there's probably going to be an approved list of things that people can and cannot like. So it's going to be so much easier because then you're going to know what you can like and what you can't. Um, <laughs> And that's great. Yeah, that that's just the way our world's going because you're not allowed yeah. to have any divergent opinions. You can't nope. dislike what people like and you vice versa. Um, otherwise, you're some sort of hateful, bad person. Or you'll um, get canceled. Yeah, or you'll get canceled. So I'm really excited for this list. It's going to make our lives so much easier. You can only like these shows. Like I yes. couldn't say, you know what I thought should have been nominated? Impractical Jokers. Like, I can't say that. Everyone would look at me like, you idiot. <laughs> but that show's really funny. Uh, you just can't do that. I'd like, they'd look at me and be like, oh, cool. And just walk away from me immediately. So it was sort of that. But then it was also really fun. So that was my news from the quarantine is that that event was quite, it was quite fun to just be at like a, a free for all. So in like your district two Emmys, um, were they doing other awards also? No, it was the same thing. It was just like, oh, okay. it was basically the overflow. Like the, because gotcha, they, they, gotcha. they didn't have, 
nearly as many people because they were in a tent next to the theater that was still enclosed, which also it's like, boo. Gotcha. So then it was yeah, just like fun. the next the next door thing, just right down the way. So it was well, very, but very fun. Yeah, I mean, at least another thing is, at least you didn't have to um, experience some of that cringe. You know, the people do like their whole like jokey monologue things as they're like about to present. You yeah. have to experience some of that in person. Or is it, there was that one dude. It was pretty in person. It was still pretty in person because it was a lot of people like the actors, the, the filmmakers, the, the composers, the, the directors were still there. Some of them. And they were so like, you had to still react as though everything was great because every, like a lot of people were part of it. So everyone was the funniest and like you laughed at the bad jokes and yeah, it was, it was the same. It was actually maybe worse than being there. Cause I was there, but not there, there it was. Yeah. Mm, yeah I'm, see, yeah. I'm bringing the most negative out of this thing. That was really fun. I mean, it's kind of like, do you ever like, I hate when I'm at a game and I'm just like in the bathroom and I'm peeing and then I hear the entire stadium erupt. And I'm like, oh, yeah. ah, what the fuck did I miss? Oh my God. Yeah. You know, like that is the worst feeling. Like when you're good, like yeah. it's just so upsetting. Um, so upsetting. I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's happened to you many times. Um, many. Also, and I usually yeah. run back like dragging pee through the, yeah, just through the dongs thing. flapping out. You're still <laughs> yeah. peeing, you know, you're just like, yeah. like the stream and it's just like leaving like a streak across the walls and like all over the place. <laughs> but <laughs> did that like, a lot. Yeah, you got your pants like halfway down your thighs and then you're just stumbling up to the usher so you can kind of see onto the field and then you're like oh what happened but you're still just peeing um yeah Yeah, it was to the best of us i was i like i was doing that for one award and i just was like sorry man and jason bateman looked at me and he's like dude you peed on me (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome my and uh yeah i think one last thing because i think everybody's probably tired of uh of uh, awards talk. I'm never tired of it because I think it's entertaining. I love your stories. But one question is, how? Where do you stand on thank you speeches? Um, and because there's this one guy, actually, I want to hear where you stand. Do you do you like long heartfelt ones where you're thanking everybody, make sure you get everybody, or do you like quick ones that don't thank everybody, which can kind of snub people, but you kind of get it out of the way. I like ones that feel genuine. Whatever. Okay actually feels genuine from that person. Like if they stammer and are nervous or cry or like, or make jokes or are goofy, like um, what's his name? John Oliver did one where he basically said like, I wish Conan would have won because he deserved to win. And then later Conan actually went up to accept an award. He didn't win. Like that's funny. That was the best one. That was the best stuff. Oh my God. When Conan was just clapping the the president of the TV and film Academy, like standing ovation, just going nuts. And he's like just being disruptive. Like, I love that man. He's great. The greatest talk show host of all time. Late night talk show host. So funny. Yeah. See, my stance is like when I see like, Emmy is one thing, Oscar's one thing, but then I see like these fucking celebrities that are like, they're at like the People's Choice Award and they start crying. It's like, shut <laughs> the fuck up, you god 
damn clown. Yeah. Like you are such an actor. And I just won, won a VH1 classic award. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for my fucking Bravo Networks Bravi. I don't even know if they yeah. have fucking awards. But like, it's like, shut the fuck up. And then there's this one dude that has this, this most recent Emmys. He was like, I don't know. He was like a writer for some show that kept winning awards. And like they kept playing him off and he kept going like two, three minutes after he's like, stop the music, stop playing that play out. And he's like, dude, nobody cares about you or your acceptance speech. And it was just like, oh, I'd like to thank my sister and I'd like to thank the dog. And I looked, it's like, shut the fuck up. I think that this is, I think, yes, genuine is great. Short is important. And three, remembering your audience. Most people that are watching this are not the 42 people you name but the millions of people watching it on TV and even those in the audience and think about that. They don't give a fuck who you're thanking unless it's no. interesting. And in life generally don't say things unless they're interesting when you're in a public space. Um, that's my mantra. Um, so yeah, people got to get their shit together. If you're going to your your acceptance should be as entertaining as your performance that you're accepting it for and not just shut the fuck up and sit down. I'm with you, man. Uh, well, and I and I love that we just completely just chat on the Emmys. Yeah, that's because we didn't win one. That's no, here, so. no, it's different story. Yeah. So, yeah. so can I tell you one other thing? News from the quarantine that that yes. happened that I just I'm curious your your answer on your thought on. I was part of a little trivia game this week, and one of the questions was name the smartest animals name two of the smartest animals and so what would your answer be uh this pissed I, me off the two smartest animals i would say are pig and rat okay those are good guesses mine were dolphins and like some kind like a chimpanzee or some kind of like super monkey, like one of the mm -hmm. good monkeys. And then they came back and said the answer was crow. A crow is the smartest animal. And I was infuriated by this. And I went up and started looking up answers. And most things say, like the top ones are dolphins, some sort of monkey, pig, elephant, like there's a number of them. And then like some lists have crow, but I'm like, a crow is stupid, man. Like crows just like sit on wires and shit. Uh, dis disagree, actually, Aaron. Really? Um, I used to work with a guy that did a TED talk about crows. Um, and it was back in BBD. I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, it's online. Um, crows, like one, they don't, they live a long time. They have really strong memories. They actually develop friendships. When they fly north and come back, sure, yeah, they come back to the same spot. But like you've seen, there's so many videos of crows being befriending animals, exchanging goods for services. For example, people can treat, train crows. Like there's this one guy uh, in, I think in Korea, he's trains a crow to go out and pick up cigarette butts to clean up. The crow just finds out and he just gives really? them treats in exchange. Another person in another Asian country, um, trains crows to pick up shiny things and bring them to him. And so that's like, whether it's money, like, or jewelry or something like that, he trains a crow to literally be a thief. Um, <laughs> and so like they understand and they're super smart. They have great vision. Um, I, I, I'm not mad at this, honestly, because if I ever was going to be an animal, it would be a bird. 
and I always thought I'd want to be like, you know, a, an Eagle cause nobody fucks with an Eagle. Um, and they're like super bad. Eagles are but, sick. Yeah. Yeah. But crows are pretty cool too. Um, you know, a group uh. of a crow is called a murder. That's pretty amazing. Um, and they get to hang out in cities. Eagles don't really get cities. They're more like, you know, country style, which is fine. I like going out to the country, but like there's more happening in the city um, for a day-to-day basis. Like, and so, yeah, I think I'm team crow all the way and I believe it and I buy it. And I think that you should too. Well, I think what you just said was quintessential information for me. Now I know a lot <laughs> more about crows. Thank you for that. I'm still pissed though, but thank you. Thank You're you for welcome. that. So let's go on to topic one. We've uh, we've exhausted news from the quarantine, and so let's go to topic one, which which I it, I don't I don't even know what you wrote in our. I can't even comprehend these words that you wrote. So please explain. It's better this way. So <clears throat> I've expanded the our weekly Australia watch. Um, which has been my like my topic. I've expanded it to Oceania watch because now we're including New Zealand. Um, and Aaron, I would like to read you the this headline: uh, New Zealand cops arrest men entering lockdown city with large amounts of illicit KFC. What? So now, as we what? know, Australia and New Zealand are in crazy lockdown. <laughs> These guys were smuggling KFC from a non-lockdown city into a lockdown city because people couldn't get their fried chicken and they were selling black market <laughs> fried chicken and the cops arrested them. Um, and the food didn't get eaten, um, which sucks. And there's like this picture of which is like a lot of KFC. It's like, you know, like four family meal sizes. Um, they might have saved also, lives by doing that. Yeah. By not eating and in the, the article. I know. And it's like, I mean, in the article, there's also a note that mentioned that they were traveling with over $100,000 in cash and empty ounce bags. But the headline <laughs> is about the KFC. And because also, I think there's, there's a whole different topic. You know, the United States has civil forfeiture um, where cops can just arrest you, open your bank accounts. They've done it to, safe lot, to safety vaults uh, all across California. Cops are just breaking in, just taking people's money. It's been tied up. Uh, police across, if you travel across state borders with cash in your car, and cops, for any reason, they believe it's it's suspectful, they, uh, suspect, they can just take it away. And so cops have, uh, I think there's been more collected through civil forfeiture, civil asset forfeiture, than there has been in some sort of tax or some crazy stat. But regardless, it's a big, big problem. It's literally police being thieves. Um, and this, to me, is no different. And while this is in New Zealand, what I'm hopeless about is one, wasted KFC. Two, who gives a shit? Stop. Just let people order their damn food. Three, you should be allowed to travel with money. Like, I don't care how much it is or what types of bags it is. And four, empty ounce bags, whatever. This doesn't mean they're carrying drugs. Who cares? It's just fucking weed. Um, so, yes. How do you feel hopeful about the descent of Oceania further into madness based on previous weeks and the KFC episode? Yeah, I... I think, I mean, this just is really, this is one of the more, and we're going to have more strange topics this, this episode. This one's really odd. Like, like you found arguably one of the oddest things to be hopeless about possible. And two pieces, (laughs) so two pieces of hope. One, if, 
if all this KFC did get eaten, KFC is awful for you. As someone who has Crohn's disease, uh, and you have uh, other diseases too. We, we both have lots of diseases for yeah, our stomach. Mostly of the mind. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but if, if, if all these people ate all this KFC just because you couldn't have it, so they ate it, I think people would get sick. It, it just, it's not the best thing for you in general. So I think it, we actually, like, by, maybe KFC would have killed more people than COVID. So KFC has just pulled their sponsorship of our show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then, I actually used to love KFC before I couldn't eat it, so I'm just angry about it, I think. And then the other thing, the idea that people, that they can just take things from you, I wonder if there's a way to fight back, because... I don't quite get what the grounds are to do that sometimes. It's, uh, it feels very arbitrary and I don't like that. And I think it's quintessential that everyone has the right to carry what they want to carry. If there's like, it's, it's chicken, it's chicken and like, and bags that are empty, whatever they may or may not have carried, they are empty bags. So I don't get, I think that New Zealanders, Kiwis, have to fight back for this nonsense. Plus, I think they all got on lockdown because one person had COVID, which is just stupid. So yeah. uh, I think right now, New Zealanders, and I love New Zealand. I had the fortune, love, I went there once and it was awesome. But I would just fight back because that's a great place. The people there are awesome. It's a really amazing place and way of living and really fun i just i i really hope they fight back because this is this is like pushing something too far I so agree. and news yeah for me new zealand back. and tokyo are the the two places in the world that i haven't been that i really really am dying to go um and it's disheartening but you're right maybe it's like yeah if that's less kfc fine i get it but um and that's probably healthier for you yeah it's just it, it's sad. I think, you know, I, I believe, you know, hopefully there's a movement, free the KFC. And <laughs> there you go. We can send it. Oh, maybe we could organize foreign aid to do airdrops of KFC. KFC. <laughs> yeah. There okay, it is. Cool. We're going to do I'll that. Start. Next week, we'll, we'll let you guys know what we did. Yeah. We're, yeah. Never thought this would happen. We just hope gonged KFC airdrops. Love it. Love it. Dude, we're, we're innovators, Aaron. Um, innovators and sophisticators. So, so give me some sophistication on cryptocurrency because you have something to say here. And again, I look at what you wrote down and it's just letters. Yeah, it's so Aaron and I have not had really any interest in cryptocurrency news over the past month or so. Two months. But Aaron, yeah. boy, do I got something. Oh, let's And hear it. so... I was talking to an old friend of mine, my buddy Sean. We used to work together in New York, and he's been working in uh, for an Ethereum-based company for four-plus years now. Um, and uh, he's done very well, like very right. well. Um, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm really happy for him. Very jealous of, but extremely I, happy I was, for him. I was about to yeah. say, please say you're jealous too, because otherwise you're just <laughs> lying. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But he was giving me some tips today and we were just catching up. And, um, and so the NFT, NFTs, um, I don't own any NFTs yet. Aaron, have you purchased any? I don't even know how to. 
Okay. So yeah, there's a few markets that you can go and purchase NFTs. And for our listeners, an NFT is a non-fungible token. What that means is you're essentially buying a piece of digital media that you become the owner of. So for example, some of the very popular NFTs when they first started hitting the scene earlier this year was like the NBA was selling like highlights, right? Famous highlights. And Aaron could spend, you know, hey, I want to buy, I want to own that highlight. And so $800 or whatever, you know, the NFTs go into the hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, too. um, That Aaron, if he had a Cedric Zabalos dunk from like the 90s and he bought this (laughs) NBA highlight, Aaron owns that. He owns the distribution rights. He owns everything. He owns the highlight. Anti-vaxxer, by the way. It came out that Cedric Sabalos was in the news this week as an anti-vaxxer. So it's great that you brought that back, too. But keep going. I don't want to interrupt. Asking asking for prayers. How about you ask for a goddamn vaccine, Cedric? Um, We have another Cedric story uh, coming up in the next segment. Regardless, so NFTs are pretty much, they can be anything. It can be a bit of a GIF. It can be a video. It can just be a painting, a digital painting. It can be anything, any asset that's digital that you can then pay for and then you kind of own. I was very bearish on the market. I was like, oh, who cares about owning digital stuff? I'm like, you know, but then when you really start to think about it, think of all the money that people spend in, you know, these various online games, you know, League of Legends, Fortnite, like to pay to like get skins and kind of like in-game gear and it's all digital, right? And so like, wait a second, we spend a lot on digital stuff that we actually don't physically own or, or don't actually can't physically hold or anything like that. So um, now what Sean was telling me is this whole new world. Ready to get your mind blown? Yeah. All right. So, okay. So NFTs. Sure, yeah. Blow my yeah, mind, man. So it's not just gifts and this and that. Okay. So there's, there's a couple, there's two companies that are really interesting. One is called Loot. Now what Loot is selling, they're selling characters, game characters, right? That come with like this kind of hit points and this kind of equipment and these kind of spells. Want to know what's funny about that? You can spend like $18,000 and buy this character from Loot, right? The crazy part is there's no game that right now that's using that character. You're (laughs) buying it in the sense that in case a game uses that character. And at first I was like rolling my eyes. I was like, Sean, this sounds ridiculous. But these things have gone up so much in value because they're part of this new platform. You know, this whole new world of gaming where the characters are being built first. Aaron owns his own little Viking guy. And that Viking guy, as these game developers start building on these platforms and the game developers, meaning like normal people, they're building on it. So you could have a racing game that can use Aaron's Viking guy. You can have a battle game that uses it. You can have a fighting game. And Aaron, you can take your same guy and apply him and play him in many different games, right? And he looks specific. He looks different. So that's what Loot is doing, okay? And they're making a shit ton of money selling these characters, right? And these characters are only going to go up in value. So here's and one a, one question, because yes. this is, I mean, this cracks me up a lot, but I'm also probably going to get into it. So there, I looked at, at the uh, like what loot is just now. And what's funny is <laughs> they have a list of the things like you can get pendant of perfection or titanium ring of giants or bone wand. And then they have a hashtag above it that's hashtag six nine six nine and then there's another one below it that's hashtag it's there's a necklace an ancient helm a demon's hand and then it's hashtag 420 so just so we can get a sense (laughs) of who we're dealing with i i like that uh you know they're they're sticking to what matters most so keep going Uh i just 
Okay. To, so everyone understands this world. Yeah. So if anybody's got $18,000 lying around, um, you can start, you know, buying these NFTs uh, on loot. And the other one, there's a company and they're called um, YGG, um, which not means... The no, not the rapper. Uh, Yield Guild Games. And what they are doing... Dude, Aaron, imagine there was a game that was like The Sims, right? Yeah. But you didn't have to pay for The Sims, right? Okay, so let's start there. It's free. You go on there, cool. And you don't have to pay for anything in the game with cash. But what you do, it's it's called... Um, uh, the sort of the the genre of this game is called play to earn. So like, let's say you start digging trenches, you start doing work, you start getting these tokens in the game, right? <laughs> you earn enough tokens and you can buy a plot of land within the game. And if you, then you could buy more plots of land, right? Then you could build on the land, right? And then you can trade tokens to trade for other items, right? Now imagine this is all happening, right? And you actually playing, the more you play, the more you earn. Now these same tokens are actually crypto. <laughs> and... Right, and that can then be traded for fiat currency in the real world, or vice versa. So now, all the server costs, all the developers, all the animation, everybody that is contributing to this game, whether you're hosting, you know, uh, whether you're, you, you know, you're hosting part of the bandwidth, or you are developing assets for the game, you're just actually earning more of this coin. Like nobody's actually getting paid cash, and so. This is like, and people are like starting to claim plots of land and this and that. And so the, the, the tokens part of this game and also are, are, are going to go up in value a lot. This is a really new thing. And so what did Sean say? Did he say, get this stuff? So he said, his advice to me was like, all right, I need to start playing these to get a feel for them. But there's a couple ways that you can do this. One is you can start just like buying the tokens or earning them. That's those are two ways are actually and the other is like, or just buying the NFTs within the game that aren't the $18,000 ones from loot, but maybe some cheaper ones because it's right now, this is like a whole new planet and securing real estate in a game, you know, in some of these games, like are it's like, it's like buying up real estate speculation market in the real world because it's going to be worth money. You're going to be able to sell it off to somebody later. It's like the wild, wild west Whoa. right now. And this is so early. So yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. And this is as much information as I can give you because that's as much as I understand right now because it's actually really complicated and it's so new. Um, so if Wait, you just look up. You're saying what you just explained is complicated? Because, <laughs> because I mean, I understand it totally right now i like <laughs> let me just go do all of that right now i get i mean i totally get it i think it's quintessential to our life to do everything you just said but i'm not going to repeat what you just said because i can't i'll do a tldr i'll do a tldr instead of uh everybody going to crypto.com or coinbase and buying some of these shit coins instead go to these games right and start purchasing these assets, these NFTs in the game, NFTs that could be land, it could be characters, it could be whatever, right? And and those are going to go up in value. And you don't always have to buy them in some of these games. You can, the more you play, you can earn them. And that's the takeaway. And that's a new, th and so that is like a different way to go in because these are going to go up in crazy value uh, according to what many people So are, are you going to start playing the games? I think so. I'm definitely going to give it a try. I mean, like, Sean has a pretty good track record. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> so he's been... So this, your friend who has made a lot of money in crypto is now sitting at home playing these games? He's in the industry, so he's got 
an inside track. Um, okay. And so he, but he also, with all his investments and all this kind of stuff, he's, he's someone that is very hands-on. So he wants to make sure. So, yeah. So um, I need an update from this soon because I want to yeah. know if, if I've got to go waste like a number of months just doing this. I know, I know, man. And fortunately, like the games are still new and still not big yet. In terms of mega big, they're not Call of Duty or Fortnite, <laughs> you know, or close to that, but they may be. They wow. might be. Well, you just blew my mind. And yeah, I, I think I just can't wait for updates on that. And why don't we move to... Uh, your sports update. So we're because uh, I want to get to a lot of these topics and and yeah, your, really quick, really quick sports you update. Just blew my mind. I mean, I just don't. Yeah, it's like over. so. We mentioned Cedric Sabalos. I'm going to talk about a different Cedric, the Baltimore Orioles, Cedric Mullins. Now, as most listeners know, this has been a very dark season, as expected and as usual for the Baltimore Orioles baseball team, my baseball team. Um, we did have John Means, our, starting, you know, our star pitcher, uh, throw a no-hitter earlier this year, um, which was great and amazing. But um, I think even bigger history is so close for one of our Orioles players, my favorite Orioles player right now, who's Cedric Mullins, a kind of like not very highly touted prospect that came just that played a little bit last year and came on the scene. It was amazing this year. Cedric is batting 300, hmm. has 30 stolen bases, and 29 home runs. Oh, so close. With, he's so close. With two weeks left in the season, Cedric is one home run away from being the 42nd player in the 30-30 club. And one home run away and maintaining his batting average from being the 25th player in baseball history to be in the 30-30-300 club. Wow. I would so, never have thought it's that few people. So I, I'm yeah. just going to... Th- that's a big hope gong to the Orioles, and I'm going to congratulate you because I feel he couldn't have done it without you. you. So congrats, Rohit. Thanks. That's amazing. Thanks, I, I did not yeah, know it, these facts. And if he could just hit that one home run, I'm absolutely getting a Cedric Mullins jersey. So Oh, he will. He'll hit a home run. I hope so. Fingers crossed. So please root for us because we have nothing else going for us as a team. Um, No, you have nothing. But that is wild. I did not know that there are that few people who have done that. And so we're going to segue into a debate about sports. What do we got? But it's not about what happens on the field. It's what happens in the stands and the parking lot. So if you look at the link there there was a insane insane brawl not at a football game tailgate not at a dodger stadium parking lot not in the bleachers at dodger stadium this was in an angel game the angels are like like they have amazing players Shohei otani and you know they're nothing like they're just like a completely irrelevant team the brawl that happened in the in the stands in that game was absolutely <laughs> insane. Like, some, oh my god, I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, this guy got something ch- like it looked like a hot dog chucked at his face, and then a bunch of people jumped him. He got a whole plate of nachos thrown at him too, and nachos, and then people jumped him, and then he tried to fight back, and. We you know we don't know the backstory of what happened, but I'm guessing drunkenness and one was a fan of one team, and then the Angel fans jumped him. I didn't know Angel fans knew to like you know I didn't know they were violent people. I just thought they flapped their wings and hoped for the best. But they 
the, uh, so, and then there have been fights at like Dodger. I've seen, I think we talked about it on this. I've seen crazy fights at Dodger games. The At a Chargers game in the parking lot, there was just a giant fight. I mean, there, there have been so many fights at games, at baseball and uh, football games recently. So the debate, and I recommend everyone look up this angel fight because it's just bonkers, is what is your stance on people going to sporting events and getting into massive brawls and leaving really hurt? That's why it's a debate. I'm curious. I I love it as long as it's not me getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And like I'm completely okay with it. Like here's and here Aaron here's why I like this violence. Um <laughs> we <laughs> we haven't gotten a chance to like experience like the craziest games you go to like a soccer game like imagine going to like a really crazy like like european soccer game right and people are dancing chanting and there's like fucking hooligans and people are fighting like that's amazing yeah and yes what people are doing is they're fighting uh to defend the honor of millionaires who don't give a <laughs> shit about them <laughs> i get it yeah they but are. I'm in full. I'm fully in support of in-game violence with the fans because it's very entertaining. Where do you stand? Okay, I'm I'm similar. I'm similar, but a little different. And because some people I know, some friends think it's just ridiculous. Go to watch the game. I, like you, find when people get into brawls at the games or in the parking lots. I find it to be highly entertaining as well. It's like, it's it's awesome. It's like, okay, you paid to watch a baseball game or a football game and you also get a brawl. Like, that's a two-for-one ticket right there. The part that I find a little disturbing about our society right now is that a lot of people, they bought that ticket and spent a lot of money. And if you look at some of the people who are like, getting into these brawls. There's some big dudes. There's some like, you know, they're really big diehard fans. It seems like sometimes the, the women are getting involved in the fights too. They bought these tickets for, it could be hundreds of dollars to then go to the game or signs, not even get into the game and just get beat up, bloodied and arrested. (laughs) So, so that's where, and, and this is happening more and more at games than ever before. So that's where I find it a little disturbing about what it says about society is that people are willing to spend that much money to go to a thing where they're cheering the millionaires or in this case, like this case, it's an angel game. So you're going probably Shohei Otani fan, let's say, or Mike Trout. They're really, they're two guys. And you're into it and then you just go and you leave arrested, bloodied, hurt and that was your experience and with nachos in your face. I mean, that's kind of cool. But like I just I don't know what it says about society right now that we're doing that. For us as the people getting entertained by the fights, great. I mean, it just we benefit. But it also is a little disturbing that so many people are willing to just get destroyed at games right now. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, here's actually my my take. This might be a hot take, maybe not. I actually think these fights are a result of male aggression that is not able to be exercised in the way it used to. It's it is a bit of toxic masculinity, definitely. But generally, like 
men have aggressive sort of nature built in. That's why we love sports. That's why we love action. So, you know, that's why like, like just like even just male, think male creatures, male dogs, they rough house, they play, they fight, you know, like it's, you know, it's, so I think that there's a bit of this there and I know this sounds like some red pill shit, but it's like, it's more just like <laughs> these guys aren't like finding other ways to peacefully exercise their aggression. And when you come to a sports game, and you've been locked up and you didn't get to go to games all last year and all this shit and you're drunk. It's like, you know, you just want to like, you just have this energy that's so pent up. And I think we need creative ways for people to let out their aggression. I personally think getting into fights at ball games is a good one. And for those that don't, <laughs> for those that don't, I think it's, it's part of human nature that aggression needs to be let out in constructive ways. Um, so, Hey, here's a solve. If stadiums are, instead of policing the violence, redirect it. Right. So like, yeah, people are drunk. Sure. You get cut off. Like, Hey, listen, seventh inning stretch, come out to like this open areas and you can like, you know what? Like at the places where you could like throw the base, like at the beach and like the boardwalk, you can throw baseballs yeah. at the okay, glass I get bottles. It. Yeah. Right. Right. Or like just take a, you know, take a couple swings at a, like a fucking like a pinata filled with trading cards or some shit like that. Like like there's like you can find ways for people to exert their frustration, especially when their team's losing and they should be having a better season than they are. Like the Angels, um, actually, because the Angels are not in the playoff hunt, right? No, they're toast. Yeah, they're yeah they're out. So that could be it too. And okay, I have an order. I have an idea. Yeah. I have an idea. To, I think that's that's uh, going to piggyback on your idea, but it, it gives me a lot of hope is I think at every baseball stadium and every football stadium in the parking lot and in the stadium, they should just install like they do with those throwing machines and stuff at baseball games and batting cages and stuff. They should just have like five octagons and rings in the outfield, like in the back where people can go. And instead of, instead of just wailing at each other in the stands and getting arrested, you can go and legally well, it's probably illegal, but you can, in my mind, it's legal. You can go and say, I challenge you to a fight right now, asshole next to me who I don't like, who's a different, who's a fan of not the Angels or not the whatever team. And then you go and all the fans around you can decide to stay and watch the game or go watch them duke it out. Maybe even have a ref on, refs on hand. <laughs> Dude, and I love this. Yeah. And so then you just combine and it's just it's like the call it the aggression rings. These are rings in the stadium so that people can fight, but fight in a with a ref in a contained way. They don't have to get arrested. They are choosing to do it. And then the fans can choose. Do you want to continue to watch the game or do you want to go watch the fight and then come back and watch the game? There you go. We just I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> I am so into this. Like, and you could like literally have fan, pit fans against each other, like, but in a safe controlled space. Yes. Bring back the battle gladiator Coliseum fights to major league baseball and other professional sports and do it in a controlled way. And and before we move on to this topic, it's kind of like, Hey, you could make things illegal. Like for example, uh, like when music streaming was illegal throughout the 2000s and the 90s, you know, Napster, that whole thing. The smart people were not the ones that were found ways to block music streaming. They're the ones that found a way to take something illegal and make it easy and legal. For ex- That's how Spotify 
became yep. so big, right? It's like, hey, if you want to stream music, all that, have everything in one place, tell you what, we'll just charge them 10 bucks a month and they can do it. And we're like, great. And Brilliant. in the same way, if people want to fight at ball games, don't stop them from fighting. Give away, find a way to charge, create a title card, do it safely, have a judge, <laughs> and create side bets, and then boom, you have side entertainment at games, which is a, a, a you know theatrical in itself. Yes, so make baseball great again um, and do that. So there you go. I think this is why, for our listeners, this is why you listen to this show. We create things that are better than the things that exist right now. So God damn right. Go rate our show right now, too. Pause it and go rate our show five stars because what we just did right there is a gift to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope, Gong. Well, now we're going to move on to something that is completely different, but it's topic two, and it's um, it's it bugged me. So I don't know if you saw the news, but Angela Merkel, the chancellor of Germany for the last 16 years, is stepping down at the end of the month. So in a few days, I think. And I found this to be a little sad because it also reminded me of what of a thing. We've talked about Norm MacDonald a bit on the show because he passed recently and was really my favorite comic. And one of, I know Rowett, one of yours too. And mm-hmm. so, and he said this about Germany, which is gonna tie into what I think is a problem here. It okay. makes me feel hopeless. He said, like, look, everyone, they, North Korea, this, or do you wake up and think like, oh, no, I'm terrified of North Korea right now. No, you don't. Or if you are, you're misguided. You're not. You're like, oh, no, I need food. You don't think about North Korea. Or, oh, no, don't have Afghanistan right now. That's the worst thing ever. Like, it doesn't affect us here in America. The place that we should be most fearful of is the place <laughs> that started one war and their enemy was the world. <laughs> and then not only did that war happen, but it went pretty well and they almost won against the world. And then a little bit later, so that war ended and a little bit later, this exact same country, Germany, said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put this guy in power, Hitler, and he is going to single-handedly wage war against the world again. <laughs> and so North Korea, they don't do much. I've get, you know, whatever. But the world is the place where you should be most worried about. So I, heart, I, I mentioned that joke that Norm said because... I think, well, for a long time now, Germany has been an ally. Angela Merkel overall has run the, you know, she was, I think, got the Nobel Peace Prize. Like, mm-hmm. she's really been a overall great leader, and Germany has been not waging wars against the world. And she's, she's going to... awesome. Yeah. And she's going to step down. And what sucks to me about this extra and makes me feel extra hopeless is that apparently lots of German youth, so everyone under about the age of 30 or 40-ish, around that, they really want her gone because they want a change after a lifetime in their voting era of Angela Merkel being the, the chancellor. They want change. They think that there's 
a lot of problems with things she's done. Like someone said she's completely failed on digitalization, the climate crisis is worsened, the gap between the rich and poor is widened, and she has done nothing about inequity of, of opportunity in schools. And I say to that person, Christoph Dirksix, I say, you know what she didn't do? Is start a war with the world and put people in concentration camps and like ruin like everything. So you're really taking for granted what she did do, which is really make Germany that much better more of a, a leader in the world. So it just, it all made me feel a bit sad and hopeless that people, not only is she stepping down, but people are now mad at her. Yeah, it's, there's always going to be the haters. There's always people that are like, to me, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's like, think of how, they don't realize how fortunate they are. It's people from places of privilege, like finding these minute things that, yeah, it's great, but like things that, chancellors don't always control you know it's not like someone you know chancellor can snap their fingers hey everybody's equal now you know like like it's like it's 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 insanity and i think like she's such a smart woman she's a scientist um and she's done a wonderful job germany's industriousness germany has a lot of freedoms germany is they also got dune a month ahead of us um, in the theaters, <laughs> the most important like, look thing at all the, that she's done. Yeah, look at all the like, look at all these things that she's done. Like they make my car. Um, when, and and when when my grandfather lived there, you know what happened? Instead of all the things you just said, everything got taken away from him. Much of our family got killed, and he had to escape because they were ki- going to kill him otherwise. And his parents and uh, like. His grandfather died. You know, a lot of our family died. So that yeah. didn't happen during this reign. None of that happened. No, no. I think Merkel has done a stand-up job, and I hope that she's not replaced by someone that's an extremist, a left extremist or a right extremist, but someone that understands the country, understands the people, and understands the world. And fingers crossed, Germany. All right. Well, we'll hope on that the next person yeah. is good. It's... All right. Well, thank you for that. And then we have a little bit of hopeless TV. Are you ready? I'm ready. Have you seen the show Only Murders in the Building? No, but I've only had 33 people tell me I should watch it. Okay. (laughs) You already just gave me hope then. Because (laughs) the show, it's Steve Martin short. It's just, I'm just shortening Steve the words. Steve Martin Short. Okay. <laughs> so Steve Martin and Martin Short are both in it. Yeah, but it's Steve Martin Short. Okay. And okay. And because they can be one person and Selena Gomez, yep. Gomez, Gomez, and those are the stars. There are also amazing guest appearances, which I won't ruin for you. What makes me feel hopeless because I love this show so far. What makes me feel a little hopeless is after seeing all the stuff that wins at the Emmys and all that, the idea. This show, I think people are starting to get the word out. I know it's doing well for Hulu, but it feels like these are the types of shows that don't get award recognition, that these are the types of shows that aren't like status shows. They're just fun shows. And I don't understand why shows like this aren't the ones, even though it would be for next year, that aren't you know, praised as, thank goodness we have fun escapism, exciting TV that's really just funny and has some suspense in it too. And it annoys me. I don't want to give away any more because you haven't seen the show. But it it just annoys me that people like some of these shows that I think are painful and don't like things that are like this, that like that Steve Martin Short make, and are, that are just great. 
I think there's a lot of people like sniffing their own farts or a lot of people almost decide like that their taste is something their taste in shows and movies is something that is part of their personality and part of their public sort of persona, which means that they have to like certain things in order to sort of like be in with it. And it's like, that's, that's why there's a lot of trash that wins great things and a lot of great films and movies that are snubbed. And what I'm grateful for is all the streaming services and everybody that can bring it to the, bring the stuff to us and stuff that's not done with focus groups, stuff that's not done with, you know, data and Hey, this is what the public thinks that at this, what the general public thinks. So we're gonna make a lot of that. I think there is still a lot of that, but I think there's still freedom and creativity and filmmaking. Um, and the streamers are giving that to us. And it's, that's my hope for this is that, the fact that you are seeing a show like this, you know, it's not just, there was a while ago, not too long ago, actually, where only HBO could could, could put out cool shows. Yeah. And that was like pre-Netflix, pre, you know, Hulu, all that. Only HBO had cool shit. All the rest was just network trash. And sure, there were some good hits like, yeah, Lost and stuff like that. But like most of TV was unwatchable and except when it was on HBO. And now that's expanded and more directors and creators and everybody's getting a chance to make stuff. So I love it. I'm very happy about it. And I think what you've just talked about, the fact that this is even on there, even if it's not recognized, it's getting made. And that's a good thing. Well, I think a lot of people are actually watching it. I mean, it's not very hard if you're Steve Martin short to get something greenlit. You basically just say, I have an idea. We want to make it and someone will make it because they're two of the biggest, biggest comedian stars of like ever. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you hit on one thing, which is status liking. You mm-hmm. don't, I, I hope everyone m- maintains their own opinion about something that they watch or something they consume that's uh, that's art in the market, that's art that they watch, whether it's a show, a movie, art, anything, music. And don't you don't just like something because everyone says you're supposed to like it. I hope we can maintain that because with social media and everything, people kind of tell you what you should and shouldn't like. And then your opinion doesn't become your opinion. It becomes a more of a tribalism or a popularity contest opinion. And I hope we just, even the things that maybe aren't cool to say, this is the thing I like the most. If you like it the most, just say it. Say, that's my favorite thing. Own it. Fucking own it. Own it. It's quintessential. Yeah. It's quintessential that people own it. It's a tie-in to our Love theme. It. That's a tie-in to our theme, Roet. Thanks for bringing it back because I'm very bad at tying things back to our theme. Well, um, Except well, I think one day we were doing some weird songs and I was just changing song titles or something. I don't remember what it was. That was funny. But yeah, I've, I fail otherwise. You, yeah. Well, it's okay. You're, you're good at some things. And we now we we'll, get to we we'll get to wrap it. off our show uh, wrap up our show with the last couple of things because we've we've I think covered a lot of ground but we have a couple more things are you ready for it I'm ready well the first is we always talk about BTS because BTS is our favorite K-pop band of all time favorite band of all time we just don't know much of their music except the ones that are in commercials and we've talked about them a lot. And something happened to one of the members of BTS. Do you know what he was gifted by a fan? Jungkook. Well, Aaron, I'm going to pretend I don't because I your link is all spelled out. But why oh. don't you surprise me? 
Okay, because you wouldn't have guessed this otherwise. I, and no. Listeners, I don't think you'll guess it. So Jungkook, one of the members of BTS, was gifted. A fan gave him a square foot of land in Scotland for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is so awesome. And that fan, I just commend that fan. If anyone's looking for a birthday gift for myself or Rohit in the future, please, a, a plot of land anywhere. I'd take it anywhere. I'd take it in wherever you want. I would just love a plot of land, a plot, one square foot would be great you i mean honestly i'm actually doing the math right now let's just say like five thousand square feet in los angeles would cost you just for the land oh million and a half dollars mm-hmm. right so 1.5 million divided by five thousand okay so if you were to give um if you were to give a bts member uh like jungkook a, a square foot of your land um that would be about $300. Um, that doesn't make sense. 300 times 5,000. I think that math reads out. Yeah, that math, the other adds up. Yeah. So it's like, it costs me about $300. Um, so I think it's kind of great. So he owns a part of Scotland. And I wonder now if he can claim <laughs> to be a Scot- Scottish residence. Oh, if amazing. If he can maybe even be like, turn into a sir or like a knight or something. And then become and a Scottish musical artist with like bagpipes and stuff. Oh, I love this. So actually for our listeners out there, if anybody would like to give us land, yes. um, we will mention your name on the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, uh, I feel hope there. Thank you, BTS. Yeah, you can even be a guest. You can even be a guest if you give us land. You are a guest. You will get interviewed on the show and be a guest if you give us a plot of land, a square foot of land anywhere. You will, you will immediately be a guest on the next episode of The Hopeless Show. Yes, and then thousands and thousands of listeners are then going to know you, um, and it'll be great. Yeah, it's great exposure. Totally great exposure. Great exposure. So it's quintessential that people do that. I tied it back again. Yay. (laughs) All right. Are you ready for a Hope in 60 before we finish the show? Yes. Hope in 60 seconds. I feel really bad for people who go missing or murdered that aren't blonde. Here's why. Have you heard of this thing with Brian Laundry and Gabby Petito? Of course you have, because everyone oh, sure has. sure have. And yep. she got murdered, and he's gone missing, but they kind of think he knows where he is. And she's this cute blonde girl, and it's very sad that she got murdered. But why are there never, ever these stories about someone of any other race or culture that's not cute blonde girl? To me... It makes me feel hopeless that there's so many sad things that happen and it's always the cute blonde girl that gets the national story and becomes a celebrity. It's all tragic. I just feel like we need it to be divvied out more and I feel hopeless. Well, uh, a lot of people are saying it's 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 a cover um, for the sense that there's a lot of other shit happening in the news. You know, our country just bombed a family, you know, abroad and just killed like a family of seven people through a drone strike and all that kind of shit is stuff that, you know, people don't really want to focus on right now. And that this is the hottest topic that can get people sort of, Oh my God, the missing girl. It's like, it seems like such a trivial thing because of how many people go missing and it's a serious topic, but why this one girl and why now? Um, yeah, that, that's been very interesting. And it's like, it's, it's, I think it's cover. Um, and I think that that's the real reason, but 
But I think also the other bit is, yeah, you're never going to see brown, black, Asian people that go missing. You know, you rarely ever see um, news articles or or people like lighting candles across the country for their return. Never. So um, that's just a reality of the world we live in because that, you know, that pretty young blonde woman is considered one of the most valuable assets of this country. You know, it's like, and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, but I do love on Twitter, when you look up her name, that uh, Gabby Petito, there's actually responses from people that are posted their own missing people, most missing friends. Oh, good. And from all races, stuff like that too. So it's kind of like, it's hijacked that because you've already found her body, but all the news people are hijacking with other missing people. And I love the internet for that. That's great. All right, that gave me some hope. Thank you for that. Of course. So now we move in. We're just going to say a submission and uh, and end the show. with uh, The submission comes from Lawrence in New Zealand, who said, why are you saying fake fact? Fake facts. There have been more deaths from the vaccine than from actual COVID. Eight times more right after the vaccine, the deaths happened. Eight times more people died, they're saying, after right after the vaccine than from actual COVID. And then they sent a video, Lawrence sent a video to me that explains this. I watched the video. Uh, do you have anything to say to Lawrence? Well, first of all, Lawrence, thanks for the, thanks for the submission and thank you for submitting evidence. But I haven't even watched the video, and I will after this. Um, but I got to say, it's the do-your-own-research crowd. <laughs> um, there is validity, and obviously, like I said, I am not a lover of mainstream media. I'm not a lover of politicians or people that are telling you that kind of shit. But like, we're watching before our eyes. Like millions and millions of people across the planet have died from this highly transmissible virus. And there is a very, very microscopic amount of people that would have a reaction to a vaccine that would also have a reaction to other vaccines. And it's a nano microscopic version. Some people are just built differently. And that's just a reality with any medicine. But I think what you were saying is, and you know, again, thank you for writing in, but I think we're both going to disagree with you yeah. on this stat because I have not seen any reliable sources from any country um, that has mentioned this. And I will admit you're coming from New Zealand. And so I think you guys have been unfairly locked down and it's been a bit draconian. And I can understand that even the media has hid a lot of the protests that have been happening across Australia um, and people are just like, you know, getting wild out there and I'm always a fan of civil unrest. Um, but the, uh, I think what I would really encourage you is to look at what you're seeing in front of your eyes. And I don't know anybody personally, actually, yes, I do know one, but he's has very amino issue problems that had anything, any adverse effects from a vaccine. And that's just like they would if it's safe for polio vaccine or any other vaccines. And so while there is no true 100% safety in any medicine, this vaccine is safe and people are not dying from it. And it has saved far more lives. You look at 97% of people that are hospitalized for COVID right now are unvaccinated. And the 3% that aren't are likely really fucking overweight. Yep. And so 
that's that's who's dying and that's who's getting COVID. That's the numbers. And I encourage you to look further into this. Yes. And maybe look outside of the facts that you're seeing on your Facebook feed or there's other ways to find facts and scientific evidence that might not be where you're looking right now from this video, which seemed like it was made up from by someone, you know, maybe it was made up by a crow because crows are really smart, apparently. <laughs> so maybe a yeah. crow and, made the video. Yeah. And remember the media, the everybody's trying to divide us. Everyone's trying to divide us when it comes to life and death like this. There is no incentive for people to lie about this vaccine. And sure, some of the lockdown stuff has been bullshit. Some of the mass stuff is kind of out of control in certain places and certain times. But the vaccine itself, no one is profiting. I mean, the the medicine, the the medical companies and the pharmaceutical companies will are always going to find ways to profit. But this is not one of them. This is not a manufactured thing. This is not a fake thing. And lots and lots of people have died from COVID and very few people have suffered from the vaccine. So, so thank you. And thank you, Lawrence, for your submission. And Rohit, just uh, thank you for that well thought out answer. And of course. So let's just end it with a bit, a bit of hope fulfillment. Are you ready for some fulfillment? I think I think it's a good note to end on. Yeah. What do we got? William Shatner, for those who don't know who he is, he was the original Captain Kirk on Star Trek. The he's created the character. Or they created it, and he was the the first one. He's nine years also old. A, and he was also the uh, was it Travelocity or Expedia, Expedia or whoever their spokesperson for like fifteen. Oh no, years. quick, quick. Anyway. Uh, no, one of them. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not that informed, so we don't remember exactly what it yeah. was. Yeah, Travelocity. No, Tra- no, quick. Uh, red. It's the one where you bid. It's one where you bid on things. Yeah, QuickBooks. No, that's a. It tax used to be thing. no. Uh, yeah, Red Red Fin. No. <laughs> yeah. All right, whatever it was. Red tube. Red yeah. tube. But yeah, Pornhub. Nope. Uh, so, but anyway, he is going to space at 90 years old. He is going to be on a rocket and he is going to space. So the guy who's Captain Kirk in Star Trek who went to space, but spoiler alert, it wasn't actual space. It was soundstage. Is actually going to space at 90 years old. He's going to be on one of these rockets going up. And so I just think that's really cool that the guy who's Captain Kirk is going to space. I love that. That gives me additional hope for two. One, it's just great that that Captain Kirk is going to space before he dies. I love it. Two gives me hope because my old ass was turning 40 in a few months. That means I will be able to go to space one day in the next 50 years, hopefully, if I can save up enough money and becomes more common. Three, um, I would like to die in space and like on another planet or some shit. Planning your own death right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you always got to think about like the raddest way to go out. It's either like stopping like a school bus from blowing up or some shit and saving people, a shark attack, or you're dying in like Mars or something. Or in a and, ring, like, in a Mars. ring outside of a baseball stadium. <laughs> yes, in a f- baseball fight club. Um, <laughs> but like, it's, it's, I think it would be amazing to die on Mars. So this gets me closer to my dream. There we go. So we've, we've at an old age, at an old age, not a young age, not a, a young very old age. I want to so die on Mars. Yeah. We've, we've, we've said it all. We've done it all. There's nothing more to be said this week. We now know where Roy yeah. going to die. And thank you all for listening. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see you back next week for episode 62. In the meantime, um, you can follow Aaron at the Aaron Wolf 
on all your favorite social networks yep. uh, or most of them. And on most of your favorite social networks, you can follow me, Vohit for Rohit with the number four. So with that, we're out. <laughs> <laughs>